Hi, this is Delaney Rogers with Impact 89FM. We had the chance to connect and talk with Hippocampus this past Tuesday prior to their performance at the Breslin Center. Hey, this is Hippocampus, and you're listening to Impact 89FM. To start off, I want to ask you guys if you have any pre-show rituals. Pre-show rituals include uh, some throwing of some food against a wall. If there's a tomato around, that usually works pretty well. Usually an orange, a citrus, just to make it you know, smell better in the room. Usually it doesn't smell so good. In green rooms across America and elsewhere, we like to uh, look deeply into each other's eyes and just see what's going on, you know, really just try to figure each other out. Um, and that kind of carries on stage as well, that energy of just confusion generally and um, what the fuck is happening, kind of, excuse me, what the hell is happening, what is happening a lot of the time. Other than that, you know, stretching, uh, handshaking, bit of this, bit of that. All right, so on to some more. I guess on to some more historical questions okay. as far as the active hippocampus itself. Um, yeah. So you guys have a new Western theme that we got to see on Yippie Kaye. How does that play into Wasteland and what inspired that and what might be its purpose? Sure. I think there arose a concept of feeling like you're out of place in the environment that you're in, a sort of false sense of confidence maybe. There's a number of words for it these days, but I think imposter syndrome might be one of them. And so the idea of uh, a false cowboyhood <laughs> just kind of resonated with us. And I think for maybe a lot of people, just with the way that trends work these days, you know, you put a cowboy hat on and it kind of feels like you suddenly have opened up a world that you could explore. And um, even if you're not from, you know, anywhere down south, you could be from Maine or something. I mean, they probably work out. It's more fitting out in Maine, probably. Let's say Michigan. I don't know. Cowboys around here. I, I don't think there's a, there's a lot of them. Anyway, all that to say, I think tying into our concept of finding yourself in a place that feels foreign or uncomfortable or not a place that you would usually find yourself in and reacting to that in a way that's like not out of fear or uncomfortability, but just a, a confidence in being able to move in uh, and be fluid with a space that you normally wouldn't be fluid in. Yeah, I don't know. Translating that to music and the way that we were writing the songs wasn't really at the forefront. It came kind of later as the songs materialized in recording. But yeah, just it just feels like there's a lot of wasteland space out there. You know, just like kind of, you can't find it online or you can't find like any sort of safe place online anymore. And you can't, and it's even harder kind of in the real world because... You have to build that up with other people. Anyway, all that to say is that Wasteland comes out April 14th. And you can answer this uh, specifically with Wasteland coming out or in general with um, albums that need to be released, but what has been the easiest and most difficult song to write? Yippie Kaye comes to mind immediately. That took uh, about six years from start to finish, but it was kind of shelved, you know. We had initially pseudo-wrote it uh, during the writing sessions for our first album, Landmark. And it, we just couldn't find a place on any record or EP that we had been working on until Wasteland and these the other songs kind of... And the concept that I was talking about earlier really weaves itself into that song specifically. But yeah, that, that, was, a, that was a doozy. I think that riff had been around, has been around now for like seven years. So front to, front to back, that one took 
quite a while to develop. Other songs are like really easy. They kind of just fall out of you. But that was uh, a pull out of us. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Do I make sense? You do indeed. Obviously, you guys have come such a long way since the very beginning of your career. So when you compare to that with, you know, your singles like Little Grace and South that you released in 2015, are you doing what you thought that you'd be doing? Did you guys think that you would get this far? What's your perspective on that? I think we each try to practice a daily gratitude for where we are and where we could be maybe. But on an individual basis, I think it differs for like the origin of the band and what we had in mind, I think. Personally, I was kind of banking on this. Um, and I, I still would be even if we weren't here for, for the Spartans, you know, or, you know, playing Red Rocks in just over a month. If we were still playing basements in Minneapolis, I think I would, I would still be enjoying it and invested in it. Impossible to, to really discern, but I think in the spirit of like commitment to my friends and the band and the music that we make and, and the impact that we want to have on our fans and surrounding peoples, I think it's all worth it at the end of the day. With that simple striving alone. Do listeners always take away from your songs what you intended them to take away? Does the message get across always? Not always. <laughs> Not always. A lot of times, though, too. Once you release a song, you've kind of surrendered um, whatever you were holding on to with it. And you kind of leave it up to the listeners and uh, critics alike to discern whether it's decent, worth listening to, what it actually means. It's kind of nice to let it go at that point, too, because usually they've been driving us crazy, you know, just listening to them over and over again. It's like, what is this song even about at the end of the day? It's really hard to maintain a sense of, like, identity from start to finish but once you let it out and everybody else is in control it's kind of relieving at times but it is hard to turn off the sort of critic voice in your brain and be like ah uh, yeah even if you know these people a lot of these people don't seem to like this song at all like um i think you just have to turn that off at a certain point like you already did the work you know and there's a lot to go off there but uh did i answer the question Yes. I yeah. think you did, yeah. You all have solo careers and different products going on. How do you balance those as well as being in Hippocampus? I think it's fairly, I mean, it's it's always been a work in progress. Like, I mean, the biggest, the hardest thing is like splitting time and just like really aligning schedules. <laughs> but overall, we're all pretty supportive of each other's personal endeavors and, you know, creative endeavors for for everyone involved in the band. I think that was kind of just bred out of the love of the Twin Cities music scene and the support that we all had for one, one another going to high school and being in a performing arts school together and uh, working with really professional and talented musicians. Yeah, there, I think there's always been support. And so I, you know, I guess in summation, not that hard. All right. So obviously this is a, you know, a, one of many shows that you've played in your lives. So if at all, how do you deal with creative blocks or performance anxieties that may arise from performances like this communication is good i think just being open with everybody that's in this thing with you together you know we're all kind of carrying the weight of existence as individuals and when we come together we can share that load with each other i don't know that seems to be the only real solution is just to talk about it with each other and that's obviously it takes a lot of effort and work and practice but at the end of the day we strive for that. 
What can fans expect from Wasteland? Lassos, boots, giddy-ups, spurs. Not even, though. I don't know, man. What can they expect? It was a bit of a kerfuffle. We were on tour, and we were hit up by our management, and they were like, yeah, we should like release some more music in the spring. And we were like, nah. And they were like, no, you really should. And we were like, please don't make us do this. And we had been working on a bunch of songs at the time, and we still are. But there's just opened a world with the whole concept I was talking about earlier, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, okay, 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 there's something here, there's something here. And so being able to get back into the studio and condense these songs into an environment that was based on and focused on the five of us playing in a room together as a band instead of tracking separately and recording on our own and like obviously, well, maybe not so obviously, we demoed the songs out to hell and to be able to take those demos and then translate them into the room and kind of get back to the basics of this band in the first place, which is like live performance and like riffing off of each other and having that kinetic energy in a live setting. I think it's a good preview of what we have in store. And it was nice to stretch our legs in that space again. So I think fans can expect, I hope that they expect to see whatever image of this band that they have in their head, I want them to see it as a relaxed and deftly executed batch of songs and a good preview of what's to follow. And then this is a question specifically, Jake, if you're comfortable answering. Um, and LP3 specifically, you've been open, open about talking about sexuality and things like that. Has that brought any changes to your music or career in general? I think it brought like a deeper sense of honesty. I think when we first started the band, we were reluctant to write about personal experiences mostly because we were 19 and we didn't have a lot of personal experiences. So I think as like touring went on, as time went on, we had this bank of experiences we wanted to present to the world. So yeah, as an artist, I feel like I could be more honest now and be more myself, which feels good. Go Spartans. Go Spartans indeed. What are some of your favorite memories while touring? There's a whole slew, obviously. Um, I think there's been moments on stage where, for me personally, where it's just, there's a sense of... Um, overwhelming sort of vulnerability mixed with gratitude just to be able to do this with people that I like people that I love with crew that are professional and as close to family as ever I think my favorite moments are when we're on stage and everything's locked in and we're clicked together and there's just a sense of camaraderie as well as community with whatever space we're sharing with the audience those are my favorite moments I think I, I think I, I'm kind of on a daily basis looking for those and scoping out how that can happen, which is why we do the pre-show rituals, kind of get out all, all the extra stuff that doesn't matter, you know? That's what it boils down to for me, I suppose. But uh, that's really not what you were asking. One time I saw this dude, like, I thought he was, like, dying in Glasgow. He was, like, on the ground, and his friends were around him holding him up, and he had, like, a seizure. He was, like, a raver, you know? He had, like, blue hair, and, like, he looked like he was in train spotting, you know? Which makes sense because it was in Scotland. Uh, Whistler was there. He was with me, and um, he was like, "Don't, don't go over there." And I like, <laughs> I was mildly intoxicated at the time, but I, I walked up and I was like, "Do you guys need any help or anything?" And then they said something back, but I couldn't understand because they were Scottish. And then like thirty seconds later, he guy was like, <clears throat> and he like vomited, and he was like, "I'm good." And it was great. It was a great. That was I cherish that moment. And uh, <laughs> huge first time playing Red Rocks. That was pretty fun. We're playing Red Rocks May second. Gus Daberton and Charlie Bliss are playing with us, and it's going to be fun. I don't know if I'm supposed to plug us right here, right now, but this is your stage. This is my stage, damn it. That's right. 
Yeah. Um, is there anything that you would like to add that we may not have asked already or anything you want your audiences to know? Go Spartans, baby. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Once again, that was our exclusive interview with Hippocampus at the Breslin Center on March 28th. Hippocampus's new EP, Wasteland, comes out April 14th.